Thanks for joining us for the weekend edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Each Friday and Saturday here on In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. gives a Mideast prophecy update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. Our president is an extremely shrewd businessman. His acumen in the world of making deals is legendary. From the time he took office, he's been talking about his biggest deal ever, peace in the Middle East. Are we on the cusp of seeing this peace treaty actually take place? What will it mean for Bible prophecy? Well, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update, as shared on January 26th. There was a lot of breaking news this last week. So I'm like, Lord, I mean, and the Lord's like, what are you doing? Calm down. I can't be calm. You see what's going on? And then, as only God can, He ministered to me a word fitly spoken, as it were, that in the end, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess, Jesus Christ is Lord. God is going to have the final word on all of this, and I can't wait. The Apostle Paul, writing to the church in Philippi, Philippians chapter 2, verses 9 through 11, says, Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Here's the thing though, every tongue is going to confess. But when every tongue confesses, it will either be a confession to salvation, or a confession to condemnation and damnation eternally. Now, why did that settle me? Because it was a much needed reminder that brought with it this, this peace, but also an urgency that only the Lord can give. I mean, it just settled me. And I'll explain. The peace comes because viewing everything and everyone through this lens changes the way I react. Example, I'm watching I'm going to say the name, and I'm, I already know what's going to happen when I do Adam Schiff. 
Well, (laughs) here's what changed for me, and here's how God settled me. Adam Schiff needs Jesus. Adam Schiff's tongue one day will confess, Jesus Christ is Lord. How about if you pray, if I pray, that when he does confess, it will not be for damnation, but salvation. Doesn't that change the complexion of it a little bit? Doesn't that change how you feel about that person? Can I mention some more names? Or am I going to get a collective sigh from the... (laughs) Nancy Pelosi. Oh, whoa! Hey, she needs Jesus. And her tongue is going to confess, her knee is going to bow. How about we pray that when her tongue does confess Jesus Christ as Lord, that it's for salvation and not damnation. You, You see where I'm going with all of this? Doesn't that kind of change everything, the way you view everything? You know, as I was watching all of this, I just, I, I, you almost have a a compassion for them. For, For those who don't know the Lord, because they're so lost, and they're even so deceived. They have no idea. I'll never forget when I was, this was a couple of years ago in New York, in Times Square, And I mean, just people, just like sardines. And I've got my daughter, I'm holding her hands so tight and almost cut off the circulation. I'm trying to get her back to the hotel room. And, And I just, it just hit me. How many of these people, there are throngs of people, how many of them know Jesus? They have no idea what's coming. Because everything that is happening, today means that Jesus is coming, and they have no idea, and they're not ready. And they're so lost. And that's where the urgency comes. I mean, a peace comes, it settles me, but there's there's also this, this unsettling urgency that we still have work to do. As Christians, we cannot sit idly by and take the posture of passivity and do nothing about it. We still have work to do in this, the last hour of human history as we know it. It is incumbent upon us to give an answer to everyone of the hope that we have. This is the Apostle Peter, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15. Easy to remember, John 3, 16, 1 Peter 3, 15. Easy to remember. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. I I could preach a whole sermon on just that alone. I think we do err greatly when we're sharing the Lord, when we're obnoxious, disrespectful, harsh. We need to be gentle, respectful. That's another topic for another time. You know what's interesting about this verse? It's almost as if it presupposes 
that we're going to be asked, hey, what is it about you? Something different about you. You have something I don't have. The hope that you have, I want it. Can you tell me about it? I mean, I'm living in the same world you are, and I'm watching everything that's happening in the world, and there's just, you, you're, you're excited. I'm not excited. <laughs> I'm terrified. I'm so fearful what this world is coming to. Oh, why aren't you terrified? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. Here's the answer. I have hope. And my hope is not in this world. And this might be as a, a, come as a shock when I say this, and I've said it before, and I'll say it again. My hope is not in Trump. Trump is my president, but Jesus is my Savior. My hope is not in this country as much as I love this country, and I love this country. But my hope is not here because my home is not here. This is not my home. And I think that the takeaway from all of this is, hey, you need to be able to first in your own life, let go of this world and the things of this world, because you're not going to be here much longer. And then secondly, when somebody asks you, and hopefully they are asking you, by the way, if they're not asking you about the hope that you have, could it be? Oh boy, this is going to get, I'm going to step on some, some Christian toes here in love. I'll speak for myself. Well, of course, as a pastor, I mean, my goodness, especially as an Arab pastor. But if they're not asking you about the hope that you have, maybe there's a reason. Can I say it like that? I mean, I don't know how else to say it as lovingly as I can. I mean, I have to be truthful with you, the truth in love. I mean, if nobody's asking you, maybe there's a reason they're not asking you. So when somebody asks you, and hopefully they are, hey, why are you so giddy? <laughs> I mean, why are you so excited? Oh my goodness. Here's why I'm excited. In Luke 21, and by the way, show them in your Bible. Many years ago, uh, he was a gypsy too. And um, he, he, I, I was sharing the gospel with him, and his name was Ronnie Marks. And I had my Bible, we were in the car, and I had it in the, the, the side pocket. And I started sharing with him, because he was asking me. And then I, I started quoting the verse. He said, no, show me in your Bible. I was like, I was so convicted by that. So I pulled my Bible out, I opened it up, and I showed him right there so he could see it. You know, here's the problem. Seeing is believing. <laughs> it's actually the other way around. Believing is seeing. But I showed him in the Bible. Take him to Luke 21, 28. Start there. Jesus said, when you see these things begin to come to pass, look up and lift up your head because your redemption draws nigh. 
then you can take them back and say, you know what things Jesus was talking about? He was talking about all of the prophecies in the Bible, like, and then take them to Isaiah 17.1. Everything you see in Syria right now, that's, that's prophecy, and it's happening. Russia, Iran, Turkey, Ezekiel 38. You can take them through the, the Scriptures. Oh, <laughs> take them to 1 Thessalonians 5.3. That'll crash their hard drive right there, (laughs) while they are saying peace and security, and that's all you hear. But do this with gentleness, with respect, with love, with compassion, with patience. You know, many times I find myself asking the Lord to just give me patience, because I know that in and of myself (laughs) there dwelleth no good thing in my flesh, apart from the Lord, I can do nothing. In fact, I'll even take it a step further and suggest this. Why don't you pray and ask the Lord to bring somebody your way this week, so that, and then be ready (laughs) to give them an answer and share with them. The reason I'm excited and not terrified, as I see what's happening in the world, as unsettling and uncertain as it is, is because God in His Word said that this is exactly what would happen in the world at the time of the end before His return. The Lord's coming. That's why I'm excited. That's why I'm encouraged. That's why I'm not freaking out. Yeah, but you yell at your TV. I mean, besides that, I mean, (laughs) I'm getting better. The Lord's dealing with me in that. One of the reasons that we do these prophecy updates is to equip you, by the way. It's also why we end with the gospel of Jesus Christ, and a childlike explanation of salvation by way of the ABCs of salvation. You know, the gospel's childlike simple. What does the word gospel mean? Good news, your debt has been paid, you're free to go. What debt? Oh, the debt of sin that carries with it the death penalty. That's the good news. Jesus Christ came, He was crucified, He went to His death in your stead. He was buried, and He rose again on the third day, and He's coming back again one day, soon and very soon. Good news! That's the gospel. Now, what if somebody came up to you and said, how do I be saved? What are you going to say to them? Well, let me text my pastor. (laughs) Don't do that. No, you're going to give to them an answer of the hope and share with them the childlike, simple explanation of salvation by way of the, this is not the only way, it's just one simple way to share with somebody and pray with somebody to come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. The A is for admit or acknowledge that you sin and that you need the Savior. This is what 
it means to repent. It's a change of mind. It's a acknowledging I've sinned. And you turn from that sin and you turn to the Savior for forgiveness of sin. Romans 3.10 says, there is no one righteous, not even one. You might be a good person, but you'll never be good enough. And Romans 3.23 tells us why. It's because all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Very interesting. It's an archery term. It means missing the mark, missing the bullseye. You shoot an arrow and you miss the bullseye. You know what they would say to you? You sinned. I did? Yeah, I just missed the bullseye. I know you missed the mark. You fell short. That's what the word sin means. We've all sinned. We've all fallen short. We've all missed the mark of God's perfect standard of righteousness. Now, we enter into, and you'll forgive the courtroom analogy, but we enter into the sentencing phase. We've been pronounced guilty. I'm guilty. How do you, how do you plead? Guilty as charged. I am guilty of transgressing God's law. I've sinned. Okay, now you're going to be sentenced. You know what the sentence is? The death penalty. The wages of sin is death. But, and here's where the good news comes in, the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's the good news. The gift of eternal life. He paid for it in full, and He offers it to us. He paid for it, and He offers it to us, eternal life. The B is for believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. That's pretty definite. The Apostle John says, you can know that you have eternal life. It's not that we hope we have eternal life. No, we can know that we have eternal life. You will be saved. And then C, lastly, is for call upon the name of the Lord. Or as Romans 10, 9 and 10 also says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, we talked about this, unto salvation, not damnation, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead. You will be saved. And here's why. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. And then lastly, Romans ten thirteen, my favorite, right? All, all, who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Question, and you'll forgive the, the uh, silliness of the question. Anybody here in all? Do you qualify as, nobody's raising their hand. Wow, nobody's in all. You're not in all? Doesn't all mean all? No, I, look, I looked it up in the original language of the Greek New Testament. The word all, you know what it means? So let me try that again. <laughs> We're almost done. Bear with me. Online, 
uh, are you part of the all? Oh, that's much better. Thank you just for indulging me with that. I'm an all. I know I don't look like one, but I am. I'm an all. All who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. I think it is safe to say that salvation is a prayer away. And I would implore you, if you're here today and you've never called upon the name of the Lord, believing in your heart, confessing with your mouth, I implore you today to make the most important decision of your life for eternal life. Oh my goodness, why would you want to put off a decision like that in light of everything that is happening today. I've been going on and on for, I don't know, I lost track. Don't look at your watches. We're almost done. But I've been going on and on for some 40 minutes talking to you about the urgency of the hour in which we live and the nearness of the Lord's return. And I hope you know this, but maybe I need to say this. I absolutely believe that the Lord could come back at any time with all my heart. That's not, that, that's not just because I teach Bible prophecy. No, I really believe this, and I have believed this for many years. I've been walking with the Lord for 38 years. I started studying Bible prophecy in the 1980s. Don't do the math. I was five years old when I started. So, but I, I started studying Bible prophecy in the 1980s. And I believe from the 1980s that the Lord could come back at any time. And here we are in the year 2020. Like the Apostle Paul said in chapter 13, Romans, our salvation draws nearer now than when we first believed. Lord, thank you. Lord, thank you so much for Bible prophecy. Lord, it's uh, interesting to me that we would be in First Thessalonians for such a time as this, as all of these developments of prophetic significance are taking place in the world today, exactly as you said it would. Peace agreements, alignment of nations, convergence of everything that we see happening today. It's exactly as you said it would be, and it means only one thing. And everyone will be on either side of this, but it means that your return, Jesus, is at the door. And there are going to be those that are ready and know you, and there are going to be those who do not. And so Lord, I pray if there's anybody here today or watching online that does not know you, that today they would get right with you, call upon you, believing in their heart, confessing with their mouths. Thank you, Lord. And Maranatha, come quickly, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us for this special edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. 
Now, it's so important that you hear the purpose behind these prophecy updates that Pastor J.D. shares. The purpose is to see people just like you come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. When you're right with the Lord, you'll be ready for the Lord and His soon return. You can do this by first admitting you're a sinner, that you've broken God's perfect law. Second, you need to confess that there's nothing you can do to fix this. You can't attend church enough. You can't pray enough or give enough money. There's nothing you can do to atone for your sins. Third, you must realize that there is someone who can. His name is Jesus Christ, and He is the Savior of the world. He gave His own life so that you wouldn't have to experience the penalty for your sins, which is death. Please, if you're listening today, receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior and escape the realities of the prophecies that are being fulfilled all around you. For more information about what it means to be born again into the kingdom of God, log on to InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and select the New Believers option. Again, that web address is InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. Now, in the next edition of In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. will be teaching through God's Word just like he does Monday through Thursday. And then don't forget to join us next Friday and Saturday for another timely prophecy update. Until then, may God bless you and keep you in his love.